You're listening to Something Real with Pastor Rich Zeiger, connecting the reality of God to the realities of life. On today's episode, we are getting further into Luke, into chapter 4, where Jesus is tempted in the desert by the devil. And there's a lot to talk about here, and I have a lot of questions, so be sure to check out our follow-up episode as well. But right now, here's Rich. Today we return to our study of the gospel according to Luke, and we are in Luke chapter 4 today. Uh, Luke has gone through the first three chapters introducing this gospel. He's going to be walking us through all that Jesus did and taught during his earthly ministry. And his purpose in doing this, according to what he writes in the introduction in chapter 1, verse 4, is to, uh, to provide a solid foundation for the faith. He tells Theophilus, the recipient of the letter, uh, that he's writing this so that uh, he could be certain or he could know the certainty of the things that he's been taught. And as we go through this, this foundation for our confident faith rests on knowing that these are eyewitness accounts that are uh, historically accurate. And more than that, that the things that have been passed on doctrinally match up with what Jesus actually did and said. So in Luke chapter 4, he's actually jumping out of the introduction and bridging his way into the actual uh, work and teaching of Christ in, uh, in his earthly ministry. Uh, now in chapter 3, uh, Luke shows us the baptism of Jesus. He walks us through a genealogy of the uh, the bloodline of Jesus back through uh, Mary all the way back to Adam. Uh, it doesn't mention Mary. It was not typical at that time to include females in the genealogies. So he jumps from Joseph to Mary's father, Joseph's father-in-law, and then traces the bloodline of Jesus all the way back to Adam. Now, in Luke 4, he goes immediately from this baptism right to a spiritual testing. Uh, let's read the text together. This is from the NIV, starting with verse 1. Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit, left the Jordan and was led by the Spirit into the wilderness, where for 40 days he was tempted by the devil. He ate nothing during those days, and at the end of them he was hungry. The devil said to him, If you are the Son of God, tell this stone to become bread. Jesus answered, It is written, Man shall not live on bread alone. The devil led him up to a high place and showed him in an instant all the kingdoms of the world. And he said to him, I will give you all their authority and splendor. It has been given to me, and I can give it to anyone I want to. If you worship me, it will all be yours. Jesus answered, It is written, Worship the Lord your God and serve him only. The devil led him to to Jerusalem and had him stand on the highest point of the temple. If you are the Son of God, he said, Throw yourself down from here. For it is written, He will command his angels concerning you to guard you carefully, and they will lift you up in their hands, so that you will not strike your foot against a stone. Jesus answered, It is said, Do not put the Lord your God to the test. When the devil had finished all this tempting, he left him until an opportune time. So then after this happens, Jesus goes back to Nazareth, and we'll we'll get to that next week. But as he's going through... um, this process of moving uh, into the ministry that God has for him, there is an important uh, reality that before he could get to the 
to the work, he had to go through the suffering, through this temptation, uh, through these spiritual battles. And it's interesting to note that everything that, that the enemy uses to tempt us towards sin, the Lord uses to test us, to strengthen us, so that we might build our confidence. We might be able to grow through this. Interestingly, as Satan uh, attacks him here, he doesn't attack him physically. He doesn't try to overpower him. He doesn't even try to kill him here. He did that uh, early on when Jesus was first born. But now he attacks his mind. It's interesting for us in an application that the battle is pretty much always for our mind. He's always trying to get to our thoughts. And the devil plays on our three basic needs here as he approaches Jesus. Now, it, it isn't clear whether there was other conversation that went on. It seems unlikely that uh, Satan shows up and has three sentences worth of conversation with Jesus and disappears. But there's a clear representation here, and uh, Matthew and Luke both record these same statements slightly differently and in a slightly different order. Uh, in all likelihood, Matthew was more concerned about the chronological order. Luke may have been influenced by, um, by the thinking and the teaching that went into it that may have altered his order. But Luke's intent wasn't to give a chronology so much as to give the concepts and to make sure that everything was accurate in, in the full picture of what was being recorded here. So Jesus has just had this high point of the baptism and uh, the presence of all three members, the manifest presence of all three members of the Trinity at his baptism. The Father declares him to be his Son, whom he loves and in whom he is well pleased. The Holy Spirit descends upon him in a bodily form, showing that he's uh, a person, that, that the, uh, the Spirit is a person and not just some concept or force. And now immediately following that, the Holy Spirit of God, that's not insignificant, leads him into this wilderness place where he is going to fast in order to be, uh, be more attuned to the Lord. But in this fasting, he becomes physically weakened and the devil attacks. And as the devil attacks, he comes at him in the three areas uh, that John mentions in his first letter in First John, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. And we see here as he approaches Jesus uh, with the, the lust of the flesh, the needs, the urges of our, our physical bodies, says, if, if you're really the son of God, tell this stone to become bread. And Jesus says, man shall not live on bread alone. He responds by quoting scripture. And Matthew records that he says, man shall not live on bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of the Lord. So as, uh, as we see this, Jesus is already living on the real bread, the word of God. Then he goes into the next uh, phase here, and the devil leads him to this high place and shows him all the kingdoms of the world. And points out, look, I, I have all the authority and splendor here. I will give it all to you. I own it. God's been uh, pleased for whatever reason to put me in authority here. And if you'll just worship me, it'll all be yours. He appeals to his desire for more, the, uh, the coveting that we all have. The eye never gets enough of seeing. And as Jesus looks on all this that he could have, the devil attacks the lust of the eyes. And Jesus responds again with Scripture. It's written, Worship the Lord your God and serve him only. 
The devil led him to Jerusalem then, and as he's standing on the highest point of the temple, he appeals to the pride of life. It says, if you're really the Son of God, throw yourself down from here. And then something very interesting happens. The devil uses Scripture, but he twists it. He takes the, the actual quotation of Scripture from Psalm 91, but instead of using it, he, he doesn't get the words wrong, but he gets the intent wrong, and he a, appeals to the pride of life for Jesus to, uh, to prove that he's the Son of God and to feel special to test his Father as to whether he will really uh, preserve his life and save him. And Jesus again quotes the scriptures and says, do not put the Lord your God to the test. So we can see in the pattern of Jesus that the answer for our spiritual battles is the scripture itself. Not to try to fight it in our own strength, not to try to outsmart the devil, but to rely on what God uh, has taught us and revealed to us in his word. We need to recognize that whenever we have these big uh, mountaintop experiences, baptisms, and, and other high points, that in all likelihood the devil is waiting to attack while we are unguarded. When we find ourselves in physically weak, weakened states, the devil is going to attack to take advantage of our weakness. But in all of these cases, the word of God prevails. If we can be prepared for the battle, then we can be victorious in it. And that's what prepares us for the ministry God has for us. Thanks for listening. As you can see, this portion of the podcast is out a little earlier this week. That's going to kind of be the norm from now on. Uh, We're going to spread these shorter versions of episodes out throughout the week so you can listen on your way to work or when you're doing laundry or when you're at the gym, whatever works for you. So later in the week, we'll have our something to talk about uh, portion of the podcast that will stay on this subject. So if you have some questions like I did, you'll want to stay tuned for that. Thanks for listening.